My name is Lena Feuerstein, and I grew up in uh, Chicago, Illinois. The artistic medium I prefer is writing, uh, usually in the form of poetic prose or lyrical prose, and uh, I also love to draw. This piece was about my experience feeling in the context of a job that I had at St. Paul's School, which I was also had about 10 years before that moment. So it was a moment where I was back in the same space uh, and I wrote about what it was like to be in that space uh, as I was grieving the death of my mother. And um, thinking about the ways in which certain signs and symbols, like the symbol of the parable of the sower, kept coming back to me in this moment as I was asking, why am I back here in this space? And um, it's also kind of a commentary on how I think that um, forces or beings or people who are on the other side like um, those who are no longer with us, speak to us about the wisdom of things that we should learn on our life paths. Uh, This section of the New Testament that talks about, basically it's a, a, a parable that Jesus tells, and it talks about different modalities of education and how it is that somebody who is kind of willing and open to receiving in Jesus's context, the word of God is the student who's going to kind of sprout in his or her or their learning. And so the parable is about how a sower goes out and sows into a field and sows some seeds. And some of that seed lands on infertile ground and it doesn't sprout And some of that seed is kind of taken up and devoured by birds uh, and also doesn't sprout. And some of it lands on sort of plants that are a bit thorny (laughs) and also doesn't sprout. And then finally, it lands in a space of fertile ground and it sprouts sprouts up into a beautiful um, sort of flourishing. So his point is that you know, you can sort of tell the word of God or the wisdom of God, and it will only land for those who are open for infertile ground, basically, for those who are open to hearing it. This image was following me everywhere in my life. And I was curious about why that was the case, especially in this moment in my life. And I think that It was following me in this moment because I was really full of anger, you know, anger that my mother had died, anger that I was, you know, in this space that I was really struggling in, especially as a Jewish person, and then kind of like ancestral anger around the Holocaust that I kept on kind of coming up against. And uh, and sort of came to fruition when I realized that the person who had painted the sower was uh, uh, had served uh, in the Nazi army. There is a moment where um, 
I don't really uh, talk much about the relationship between uh, cancer and Holocaust trauma that maybe I might have made a bit more clear in a different version of this essay. So there's a whole kind of um, uh, study around uh, the ways in which the trauma of your grandparents or ancestors kind of live through you in your body. And, um, you know, uh, there's like a, a study I love about how um, rats who, uh, you know, get shocked when they smell a rose will then have babies who will then have babies and their grandchildren will like not go anywhere near that smell, even if they haven't been shocked. And so, um, so a lot of my grief around cancer, the cancer, specific cancer that my mother died from, which is inherited primarily by Jewish, through Jewish women, um, uh, had a lot to do with the sort of trauma of my family, uh, which was, you know, they were German Jews and Russian Jews who had to flee um, because of the Holocaust and also had to flee uh, for other, you know, in other um, generations just because Jews have always sort of had that itinerant quality um, and always kind of excluded quality. and. Um, and so I think I was full of anger and the transformative moment was when I could sort of see beyond my own anger and kind of see the wisdom of other people's stories and the wisdom of kind of listening to other people's stories to be able to become more fertile ground for forgiveness, wisdom. But it, it took a process of kind of emptying out that anger, which for me was not so fertile ground for the wisdom of God to land. <laughs> and so I would say the primary message is to look to the messages that are being sent to you from somewhere else. For me, it was from these other spirits, from Octavia Butler and from this sewer, this um, beautiful stained glass artist who were sending me messages about how to work through that grief and work through that anger. And I had to learn how to listen to that. And I think everybody will, you know, who goes through grief, which is everyone, and who experiences anger, which is everyone, um, you know, comes up against moments where they're just kind of adversaries to their own selves because those experiences are within themselves. And so nothing else outside of you can cause whatever experience you're having sort of internally. It's really like a, a whole internal process. Um, your reality is. And so for me, there are, there are forces, there are beings that can help you turn that internal process into something that is fruitful and forgiving. And that was the case uh, in my life. But that comes about uh, in a number of different ways. I guess I just, in writing this piece, I found myself responding in the space of like uh, forgiveness, 
is not just not really just for me, but it's for the students too that I'm like teaching about how to listen or how to be open to shaping your life in in toward in the way of love. And I think that's why I ended it that way because I I would I want to shape my life also in the way that I want my students to shape their lives, which is to keep reaching for that love space because that will be what will heal all the things that have been so hurt, so wounded in the in the past. 